says, get that India, big boy. Hello and welcome back to a special edition of the Tip Sheet Podcast. As always, I'm your host, John, also known as 4020. Joining me to introduce our special guest shortly is my good mate, 60s. We'll get to him ever so briefly. But before we do, let me introduce you to our sponsors, Big Swing Golf, North Mead and Star Partners Real Estate, Auburn, Norellan and Parramatta, helping bring the Tip Sheet to you guys each and every week. But for now, over to you, 60s. John, there are great things happening in the Parramatta Junior Rugby League this season. And we thought we'd get up to date with what's going on there. And we have as our guest today, Adam Fairley. Adam is the General Manager of the Parramatta Junior Rugby League. Adam, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, fellas. Uh, We're just going to kick off about your role itself. You've been in that role since the end of last year. Can you fill us in a little bit on what that entails? Yeah, I certainly can. So uh, my role was, uh, was, sorry, the old role was split in two where Matt Brady was looking after the Junior League and also uh, partaking in Pathways. So there was a, a report uh, done on the, on the back of a survey that was undertaken by the Parramatta NRL Club uh, by Gemba. And there were eight key issues and opportunities that were identified out of that stakeholder research and uh, yeah, my, my role was created because they saw that there should be a person that is aligned to pathways and also into the junior league. It was just um, too much for one person to do. So uh, basically my charter has been to work in line with uh, the stakeholder research and the issues and opportunities that were identified. Uh, they include strategy and governance, funding and resources, culture and behaviours, uh, the capabilities of clubs, fairness, communication, coaches and game development and community engagement. So um, I've come on board and uh, obviously uh, looked into those. Uh, one of the first things that I was asked to do was to look at our staff structure and how we, we might go about that. Um, so uh, Martina Bieloch has been uh, upgraded in her role and she's now doing basically all the, the junior league operations, um, which has allowed me to undertake... Um, I suppose a, a, a different uh, look at the Junior League uh, with respect to looking at governance and how clubs are run and how uh, they report and uh, how our constitution looks and all those sorts of things. So I've been chartered to um, yeah, look at the constitution, to um, uh, work with a subcommittee on strategic plan um, and one of the other things that uh, I did when, when I looked at the, the headcount and how we could improve everything in line with, uh, with the stakeholder research was bringing someone in uh, as a multimedia coordinator. So uh, that's, that's what we have done and uh, we've got some pretty good results from, from those structural changes. I guess it's really taking the professionalism of the Junior Rugby League to a new level. It certainly is. If you look through the Constitution, for example, it's written in a way that uh, associations used to be as management committee, uh, committees uh, with respect to presidents and secretaries and vice presidents, whereas uh, we're, we're a, our own association entity now. It's more chairpersons and deputy chairs and the like. So um, that that's one part that I'm looking at the Constitution to have that amended so that it uh, better relates to how we actually are now as opposed to how we were. We've had the likes of Mark O'Neill and Nathan Brown on the tip sheet chatting to us with a bit of regularity. And one of the things that they've really driven home is the importance for Parramatta of being a self-identified development club. How important is having a healthy junior rugby league competition 
to the success of the Parramatta Eels? It's extremely important. If you look through our 30-player our roster at the moment, places uh, players like Junior Parlor, Mitch Moses, Dylan Brown, Ryan Madison, uh, Sean Russell, Will Penasini, Matt Dury have all come either through our junior clubs or our pathways. So it's obviously, if, if it's um, vibrant and if it's strong, uh, we're, we're definitely going to get players that uh, break through into the NRL ranks. Um, quite obviously, our SG ball have just taken out their competition, so uh, there'll be plenty of players to filter through. They're hard to hang on to, quite obviously, yeah. because there's talent and salary caps, but um, if we have a healthy junior rugby league, well, that means that we can feed our pathways and that can eventually hopefully lead to our NRL players. Well, just looking at participation numbers, how, how are registrations looking uh, this year and, and and I suppose as a follow-up to that, when do registrations close? Well, firstly, registrations close on the 30th of June, so uh, we've got a month to go, but it's uh, pleasing to advise that uh, the benchmark has always been 2019 when sports associations and the like and, and the different sports uh, talk because that was prior to COVID. So um, at that stage, we had 5,488 registered players, so just shy of 5,500. And this year we've already eclipsed 5,500. So we're going exceptionally well. Um, and uh, it, it's on the back of, um, yeah, I, I suppose all sports are seeing um, that same growth this year. We're coming out of COVID. People are, are feeling safer about life in general. Um, that's not hanging around. There was a lot of parents, particularly of younger kids, who weren't comfortable to have their kids out on the park when all that was happening. Um, but now, uh, uh, notwithstanding that, we've had great growth in our sort of 13 to 16-year-old age group as well. So people are coming back to the game, so it's it's fantastic. We've had some wonderful chats with local clubs about the female participation space. I mean, I mean Toon Gabby and Kellyville immediately come to mind, but there's plenty of other clubs doing great things there. Uh, how is growth in that space going in 2023? It's been the standout, to tell you the truth. So uh, this year we're closing in on 1,000 players registered, um, the peak was last year. It's grown year on year, even through COVID. It was continuing to grow because it's obviously an evolving um, form of the game, female rugby league. Um, so we've the, the benchmark being 2019, we were just shy of 600 and now we're, we're up to close to 1,000. So it's basically a, a 50% increase. And as you said, uh, All Saints, Toon Gabby, you've probably been trailblazers amongst our clubs with respect to uh, the promotion of the female game and the participation uh, so it's it's fantastic. Other uh, our smaller clubs are picking up the league tag version of the game as opposed to the tackle, and and that's something that we probably need to focus on across the spectrum uh, in our junior league, not just for females, but um, in uh, particularly in the southern um, clubs uh, where we've got uh, populations that aren't prone to being part of tackle football, but they they're more prone to playing Oz tag and games like that in the summer. But we need to bring them across to. Uh, potential league tag competitions uh, during the winter, which will boost our numbers. And it's certainly how other associations, Cronulla is a great example, have boosted their numbers in recent years, is through league tag. Adam, when we've spent a bit of time talking to a number of the junior clubs in the Parramatta Junior Rugby League, they've thanked Parramatta League's club for their support, the financial support in you know helping making it, making it easier for junior players to play the game. Can you explain how the Leagues Club and the Eels assist in junior rugby league? Yes, I certainly can explain that. Uh, at our most recent President's and Secretary's meeting, 
uh, we did explain to them exactly how it all works uh, and uh, a pleased to advise that we've just uh, received from Paraleagues that everything's been approved with respect to this year. So uh, we know where we're headed. Um, the types of things that they help out, which does uh, particularly help with the cost of registration, uh, which allows clubs to hold on to that money themselves and then invest in other things that they require in and around the club. Um, officials and players vests. So quite obviously, um, every every game there's officials everywhere. You've you've got uh, officials that are, are ground managing, that are um, league safe trainers, um, etc. So all those vests are provided, and players. Um, uh, in the younger age groups uh, have dummy half and first receiver vest. So that's all provided by the, the Leagues Club grant um, insurance. So um, clubs don't have to pay any insurance for players aged 4 to 18. Um, so that's a burden that they don't need to find. It's, it's covered by the grant. Uh, the footballs that we play with, so uh, all teams are provided with a football for the year. Um, the Leagues Club grant picks that up. Uh, and there's a there's a range of other things uh, uh, like the referees match payments again um, under sixes to 18s no cost to club they they don't need to find anything for the referees that are out there um, they support the referees through communication gear so um, uh, being a, a former referee in another code myself um, it it's fantastic that in um, modern days. Referees can communicate with themselves through earpieces. So, uh, again, the Leagues Club grant provides our referees at a district level with that ability to communicate. And watching back on videos and and hearing the way they communicate, it is a vital, it's a vital tool. Um, they had a pre-season training and upskilling camp, the referees. So uh, part of the Leagues grant was contributed to that for their education and, and um, so that we've got better referees and, and well-informed referees. Going forward, uh, we're looking to conduct a Coach the Coaches course to upskill our coaches. Again, no cost to the club. Um, and they also um, help with the printing of our score sheets and grand final programs. So it's all admin costs that both the, the clubs and also the Junior Rugby League don't have to find um, because the league's club are providing it. So we, wor- we worked out on a based on an under 12 registration what that grant means to each individual club. Um, based on their fees, so it's a, it's around thirty eight dollars and fifty cents a player. So you add all them up across your club, it's quite significant. Yeah, that is well, that is a significant number. You hear those participation rates, and then you you sort of peel back some of those other factors, like you mentioned the officials, the coaches, and you know the Parramatta district, the Penrith district. They're mammoth undertakings, aren't they? They are. It's it's massive. It's in excess of three hundred thousand, and we'll be certainly going to the media. Um, to promote uh, the great support that they do provide to our junior league. I was honoured to be invited to be part of that season launch at uh, Combank Stadium earlier this year, and a highlight was watching the under-six teams getting their experience running out from the sheds through the field club and out onto Combank Stadium with all the surrounding fanfare that goes on. Can you fill in our listeners about the activities that took place that day and the thinking behind providing those experiences for the young kids. Yeah, it's really about providing that wow factor to those kids and, and their parents, really. Um, uh, a lot of the time, under sixes, um, it's the first season, and if it's the eldest child in the family, it's their first taste of our junior rugby league. So quite obviously, the NRL and playing at Combat is the absolute ultimate that you can do uh, in our game. So it's just providing them with a taste of that. So... 
um, up front the the kids arrived and they're provided with an eels jersey so um, if they haven't got a team that they follow or if they've got another team that they follow well maybe they might shift over to the eels but if they <laughs> obviously follow the eels well uh, that's an added bonus but it's um just saying that they're they're part of our our club and part of our junior league and thanks for being a part of it. And then get to go down to the change rooms and uh, we've got a couple of players that are down there, a couple from the NRL and uh, one or two also from the NRLW, um, which was great. And I will say that the, the players that were involved were very accommodating and they were, they were right into it. They were happy to meet the kids and talk to the parents and get their photos taken and, and uh, sign autographs and the like. So that was, that was fantastic. And then they get to run out of the tunnel. So, um, you know, as a... As a six-year-old, a lot of them probably don't know what going on, what's going on, but um, their, their parents are there filming it on their phones. So you know, <laughs> in um, six or ten years' time, they'll certainly know what that experience means. In time, uh, and then we implemented some um, further skills out on the field this year. So that just got them a, a feel out on the ground and got them to do a, a few little uh, kicking drills, running drills, passing drills, and then they uh, ended up going and having some fun activities, jumping castles, face painting and the like. So um, each uh, team sort of spends around an hour, an hour and a half at the stadium going through uh, all of those uh, items and they have a great time and the feedback we received was fantastic. Well, I actually enjoyed seeing some of the kids. I think they did know what was going on because their game faces were on <laughs> as they were coming out through yeah. the field club. And, of course, people that were there were giving them a round of applause yeah. and cheering like like that would happen for the NRL team as they're coming out through the field club. And um, and there did look like a couple of ring-ins later on in the day where um, a big bloke looked a lot like Sean Lane <laughs> and another, another player that looked a lot like Sean Russell joined yeah. one of the teams. Well, imagine... 13, 14, 15 years down the road, it comes full circle and they're about to make their NRL debut running on the Combank and they're in the interview, they're like, oh, no, actually, I made my Combank debut when I was under sixes, ran on with Sean Lane and uh, whatnot. So, yeah, it's a fantastic initiative. And speaking of initiatives, uh, there's been some changes being implemented in junior footy, non-competitive up to a certain age, and the tag versions that you mentioned, league tag, you know, sort of parallel to Oztag there in young ages. How are those changes progressing? Yeah, they've um, they've gone well. I will say uh, kudos to our clubs. Um, there was uh, a lot, particularly on social media and a bit in media, in and around the Tackle Ready program, which was to be implemented by the NRL this year. Um, there was a bit of negativity, not from not from our clubs or not particularly from uh, the, the Parramatta Junior Rugby League, but in and around it. Um, the NRL didn't end up making it compulsory to be implemented this year. However, we'd sort of um, advised our clubs that that was going to be the case. And they've certainly come on board with it. Uh, we've, uh, the, the game development officers from the NRL have uh, conducted the Tackle Ready program for our under-7s. And uh, they finished last night, being Tuesday night. Uh, and th they'll now progress this weekend... Um, to tackle and we're going to celebrate that with an under sevens gala day out at Old Sawyard Reserve. Um, so yeah, we're really looking forward to that. Um, again, it, it's all about fun and festivities. So we'll, we'll put the jumping castles and the like on and the face painters. So what the sixes got, the the sevens will get to celebrate uh, where they're headed from league tag to to tackle. So um, no, it's 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 been good and uh, the feedback, the the limited feedback we have received um, has has been excellent. 
But um, normally, particularly in community sport, uh, the only time that you hear about something if someone isn't happy with something. So yeah. we haven't had much <laughs> feedback, so that's normally a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, just um, another change that has happened in recent times, and it's with the older age group, is that association with the Canterbury Junior League. Can you explain how that works? Yeah, so uh, commencing in the 2022 season, uh, from under-13s and older, a decision was made, and that was on the back of participation numbers were um, probably declining uh, across Sydney Metro, uh, and also for the grading of competitions. So um, one thing I've found very quickly in my role here is the difference between Division 1 and Division 2 is, is very large. Mm-hmm. So if, if you haven't got those participation rates in your 13s to 16s, for example, you really need to combine with another association to get the depth in that Division 1 competition and then provide um, a, a nice even competition for Division 2 and Division 3. So um, our numbers, as I've said, uh, have grown fantastically this year, uh, which has just meant that we've got more teams in those Division 1 competitions as opposed to Canterbury predominantly across the board in the in the 13s through to, to 18s. But, um, yeah, it, it's worked well. Um, the people that we're working with uh, at uh, the Bulldogs Junior Rugby League are, are great to deal with. Uh, we've, we've brought on some uh, initiatives together this year that we'll touch on a bit later, I'm sure, in this interview. But, um, yeah, uh, for now, it, it's, it's working well. Um, there's some interpretations that are different between our um, referee associations that will continue to work through, um, but uh, outside of that, all in all, the 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 partnership is is really good, and I think our Division One teams appreciate um, the the different competition because they've played against the same teams from sixes through to twelves predominantly. Um, but you get that that different form of competition. You get to play at some different grounds and the like, and and I think they uh, like rising to that challenge. We've had the opportunity to speak with and profile a number of junior clubs, part of your Para Stories column, Craig, uh, and it's been a learning experience to discover the gamut of what they do and the dedication of the people involved, particularly the volunteers. There's just so many of them at every club. Uh, why are junior sport clubs so integral to the communities they represent? Uh, well, they provide the kids and the adults with that place of belonging. You know, if, if you're not involved in sport, um, you really... I mean, there's, there's other things that people can do, but sport really brings teamwork together. Um, if you're part of a club, it's, it's you know, it, it's being part of something. Um, it's, you, you get great friendships. Um, it's all about teamwork, and people have great pride in, in volunteering their time. So um, it, it's really that, that place of belonging, and it's somewhere, it, it's providing a safe place for, you know, uh, kids to become adults and and to be around uh, people that they like being around and they can form friendships with. And, and I mean, the, the adults form great friendships as well. So it's, it's really that it, it does provide community spirit and, and yeah, it's, it, ju- it just works. Junior, junior sport just works. Yeah, and one of the things that we noticed as well was um, the events and the, the different um, get-togethers that a lot of these junior clubs have for... The people that form their community, whether it whether it be, you know, anything from the fundraising aspect of it, through to just fun nights and weekends away and camps and and things like that. So, um, I mean, that must that must give a great sense of belonging for the people that are part of those clubs at, 
for things like that. You can I can't imagine a community that doesn't have um, a sports club or, or a number of sports clubs there because I think it'd be a, a massive hole if junior sports suddenly disappeared. Massive, yeah. for, like it did, I guess, well, when COVID happened. Yeah, COVID did. That's exactly. exactly right. We having those chats during the COVID times were really eye opening yeah. uh, as to you know the the importance of these clubs in the community and. I suppose two of the things that really jumped out to me when we were having our chats for the Parastory 60s was the two things that so many people were proud of from these clubs were the positive acceptance of mental health now. A lot of, you know, really good programs, Carnival Day sort of, you know, uh, trying to encourage the positivity behind that. And then the idea, the aspiration that these young boys and girls, they're not just coaching them as footballers, but trying to make them better boys and girls, you know, as people. So, yeah, these these clubs have wonderful identities and it's really good to see them getting back on their feet post-COVID. Yep, yep. I can only echo that. That's that's their focus. That, that is their community, and it's it's more than just a footy club now. And on that sort of positive note, uh, is there a particular aspect of our junior clubs that gives you the greatest pride? Yeah, again, it really comes back to those volunteers. They're there for the kids. They, they love their home grounds. They love for you to come and visit them on their turf, and they like to, they like to show off what they've built over the years. Um, they like to show off their barbecue. They all say that they've got the best um, steak sandwich yep. or sausage on a roll going around. So Hot chips with gravy. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> the classic. Yes. And, yeah. and uh, mind you, coming from soccer, which was my um, em- employment the, the three years prior, um, the rugby league canteens certainly have it over the soccer canteens, I can <laughs> guarantee that. Uh, and one of the great initiatives that has happened this year and, it, and it's been that opportunity to showcase the junior clubs has been the social media uh, around the Parramatta Junior Rugby League. It's, it's absolutely gone to another level this year. Uh, we're seeing footage from all ages and kids are getting their star moments and they're getting a bit <laughs> of microphone time and um, answering questions about a whole range of things, and uh, and if listeners haven't, any of our listeners haven't checked it out, they really should get onto the Parramatta Reels, a uh, Parramatta Junior Rugby League uh, Junior sites. Um, can you talk us through that content, all the ideas behind it, and how it's being received at the moment? Yeah, I certainly can. So um, there's a number of initiatives that have been implemented, as you said. Uh, what we tried to do is provide consistent content on the same day of the week. So everyone sort of knows what's happening. Um, but we're going to, throughout the course of the year, change things up a little too and, and provide a, a bit of extra content. Um, but our focus has been um, a match of the round. So uh, when I came here, and, and it was part of my interview process because obviously they had the report and they said, how are we going to help to promote and get more things out there? Well, I put on the table all these sorts of different things that we could consider. Um, and, and the match of the round, so um, kudos to Matt Brady when I got here. Obviously, I spent a fair bit of time with Matt because there was a little changeover period there. And I said, what comp should we focus on? Because traditionally in community sport, it's always uh, uh, open men's or a Premier League or whatever the case might be. He said, under 16s. I said, OK. And now knowing the complete structure, having been here for six months... That makes absolute total sense. Sixteens is the year before you move into your rep grades of, of playing for the Power Eels. So refuse, yeah. it's uh, you know we, we've got um, uh, we've got a lot of kids that do play in the Sixteens comp that have played Harold Mats this year, but um, obviously it's it's the last competition where you're really playing before you get into your rep competition. And 
um, it's really worked. And it is, a, as we said before, it's a combined competition with Canterbury. They've really embraced it. And the types of things that we did, we had a media day, so we took every captain's photo. Um, we spoke to the coaches and the captains leading into the season, found out a bit about them, their history, how long they've been together, um, new players that they've got, how they've gelled, how the trials have been, all those sorts of things. So we focused on every club leading in. Uh, we've got 11 teams in the competition, so everyone will get the opportunity to host a home game. So we're going around the grounds, basically. Um, we've got 14 rounds of competition, so those last three, um, if there's a washout, well, obviously that, that team that missed out, they'll get their opportunity, but then we'll look at the, the ladder and the matchups for that week and have genuine matches around. So, um, you know, we've got a, a commentator that's come on board, Lewis Shepherd, who's been fantastic. He's just bought in. He... He understands Junior League and he thinks it's fantastic that we're promoting it this way and he just wants to be a part of it. He's, he's research and he, he contacts the, the club secretaries to get the history of the club <laughs> and he contacts the coach to get the how the team's been going, the ins and outs. He knows the line-up on Thursday before it happens. So um, the clubs have been fantastic because we've got... Um, uh, we've got a, a multicultural competition, so some names are hard to pronounce, and we want to ensure that they are pronounced correctly. So yes. they're sending us in videos, and they're saying, "I'm such and such, and I play in the centres," so that Lewis can know that um, that kid's going to be in the centres, and this is how I pronounce his name. So um, it's it's been fantastic. Um, coaches, win, lose, or draw, are doing and captains interviews after the game, and and the feedback's been fantastic about the. The whole thing. We're doing um, highlights of that that game as well, uh, which come out on Tuesdays, and that that includes those interviews after the game. Um, Joey Grimer has come on board uh, with a segment called Eels Coach and Reels. So um, this was a Matt Brady idea. Take it on board. It's fantastic. So all it is is just some little two minute drills that our coaches of um, our developing kids can just take on board. Um, Joey's focused on passing, marker play. Um, there'll be kicking drills. There'll be all sorts of drills coming up, but it's just a little segment there every Monday. And again, the feedback's been fantastic. There's The viewership's excellent. The engagement's been great. Um, we're asking everyone to send in their try of the week. There's um, a lot of cameras on games these days, so um, people get their moments. And um, talking of the try of the week, we had an entry from... Maryland's 18-2s in round two. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've, we've had a player who's... Um, the, the opposition's kicked off. Uh, they've taken the ball and he's taken the hit up from probably his five-metre line and he's basically steamrolled through the I, whole I team. I saw that quick. He's it's run the length impressive. of the field. Yeah. We thought that was something special and we worked with our para NRL content team and we said, hey, mm -hmm. how can we collaborate here and, and get this out there and... Um, well, unbeknownst to me, you can actually collaborate on Instagram and TikTok. So we we put two accounts together so that it was across both of us and it went absolutely viral. It had, uh, last last look, it was over 160,000 um, looks or views on Instagram and I believe it's over 2 million views on TikTok. And it's been picked up by other rugby league um, pages the, on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, it's been mm -hmm. it's been unbelievable. Yeah, the roast NRL roast he, was on it. Yeah, he had it uh, there, and it. Um, in fact, I saw it first there on the on the NRL roast. Yeah. So, um, it's yeah. 60s will tell you very quickly that I'm a very vocal critic of how rugby league as a code has been almost forced to be dragged in, kicking and screaming to embrace the digital age. 
and you know live streaming highlights. So hearing that the Parramatta local district is you know on board completely for this is fantastic to hear. Yeah, no, it's um it's great, and and as I said, the the viewership, the engagement, it's been fantastic. And uh, I have to admit, I, I like seeing the 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 little kids. When they uh, when they have their their little moments with the microphone or their question <laughs> of the week, whatever whatever it might be, just seeing their answers. Number the number of kids that love maths at school is <laughs> it's quite impressive to to a, an old teacher like myself. You know, maths and science. You know, they, uh, but um, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, what's on the horizon for uh, the Parramatta Junior League now? Um, quite obviously, I was employed um, to look at those uh, eight pillars. So that's that's what uh, my focus sort of is uh, throughout. So uh, number one, we have to put together a strategic plan. So we've had a, a subcommittee that have looked at that. Um, that will progress up to the um, Parramatta NRL board and we're looking to implement that as of the 30th of June. And then quite obviously, I'll be working closely with that over the next three years to implement uh, what's included. Um, I... I briefly spoke about the our constitution so we're doing a review of our constitution to make it more modernized based on what we actually are as opposed to what we were um and and part of that review is to probably make clubs a little more accountable um for how they run themselves with respect to their governance and just just ensuring that they're ticking all those boxes quite obviously it's a big investment from um parents and the like to be um part of their club and they just need to make sure that um, their their money and uh, the funding that they're receiving and and everything's being um, done correctly. So um, we'll, we'll ensure um, through the strategies we're looking to put into place uh, along that 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 happens. Um, we 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 had bylaws and and bylaws they're still used in some spaces, but not not in many no more. So to probably look to transfer them into policies. Um, there's there's not. There's not a lot of stuff for me to refer to at the moment with respect to if something happens. There's not not a lot of black and white. Um, so, so it's going to be far better, particularly for clubs. If there's something there in black and white, that's a policy. If something happens, this is this is what happens, or etc. So um, we, we need to build our policy library, so to speak. So that'll be something that we'll be working on. Um, quite obviously, we want to grow our numbers. Um, we, we spoke about... Um, other forms of rugby league, um, where Para's pretty rusted on tackle. That's 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 the way it is. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Um, but there's a whole heap of other potential players out there that might want to come on board in other forms of the game. So well, you think players like Ryan Pappenhausen really came through touch mm, football and whatnot? That's right. Correct. So there's examples there where they have, and it's it's something. And as I said, I spoke about our our southern area um, where uh, we've got different cultures. Um, that are probably going to be, and even to the north, where we've got a very large Indian population, for example, um, up up the north. That and you don't see many of them playing tackle rugby league. But if we introduce them to league tag or those type of competitions, well, they make progress into um, tackle rugby league when they see the safety measures and and what they go through and learning how to tackle and all those sorts of things. So, um, yeah, we we need to grow those numbers and uh, make make the region as good as it can be. We don't want to miss out on that opportunity. We spoke about how important it is to have a healthy junior league. Well, mm-hmm. we don't want to miss that player that might be of a, a representative or then a, an NRL standard to slip through those cracks um, because they weren't given the opportunity to do so. Um, in a nutshell, that's probably where we're headed. Adam, it's been an incredibly informative chat. 
it's been a really strong opening start for you in your tenure here at the Eels, and we really look forward to seeing how your vision unfolds in the coming years. Thanks for coming on to Tip Sheet, mate. Thanks, fellas. Cheers. Thank you.